It's officially fall, which means it's time for a scary ghost stories. Come along to Ireland through a ghost story of a boy who constantly runs away to play with his friend, who everyone seems to think is his imaginary friend. But is he? Take a listen and you be the judge. Next on Technically a Conversation. Super friends, welcome to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we'd like to share an interesting topic with each other, which we've recently learned, and hopefully you'll find it interesting too. I'm one half of your host, Cicela. Joining me as always is my fellow fall weather fan, Jose. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. You sound uh, slightly under the weather. You all right? I am slightly under the weather, but hopefully... This recording doesn't sound like shit and it'll come out okay. No, <laughs> no, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> Brief reminder, everybody, we still have that very awesome opportunity to win your very own Technically a Conversation t-shirt. Tell them what they got to do, Jose. It's really easy. Just take two minutes to leave us a review. Once you do, send us a screenshot to one of our socials. We're at Greetings TAC everywhere. We'll read it on the show. And once you get 25 reviews, We'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. So check out technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes for all the deets. And to those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. You know what time it is? Dancing time. Shout out time. Oh. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Here's the list, y'all. The loyal and the royal, the queen, Zelena and Erica, the Duke, Stephen B, ContraZoom Pod Podcast, and Eli. Thank you so much, you guys. We appreciate you every time you reshare our posts. Extra eyes, extra eyes. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Special shout out, though, to El Señor Duke, Stephen B. He sent in... Some great corrections. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I was talking about short shorts worn by a few men, I mentioned Tom Selleck in Hawaii Five-O, but he came quick and said it was actually Magnum P.I. Oh, yes. He's right. <laughs> yeah, he is right. Yeah. Hawaii Five-O and Magnum P.I., they're kind of like the same to me, which is why I'm pretty sure my brain kind of like clumped them together. <laughs> You know, and I knew that also, but the same, like, I pretty much consider them the same show also. So my brain also thought that it was the same thing. Yeah. The other correction that he sent in so kindly, there were rumors that Napoleon being short for so long when he was originally supposed to be estimated to be five foot two, but that's because of the French inch was different. So in reality, he was actually about five, six or five, seven, which would put him closer to average size. Not short. Our listeners are so smart. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Stephen B. I really do appreciate you keeping me honest. Thank you. And if anybody else catches any corrections, shoot it on over. Don't be shy. All right. It is officially fall, which means it's basically Halloween all month long. All month long. All month. (laughs) I've been celebrating Halloween since September, girl. Oh, nice. 
<laughs> so you already have a whole month of celebrating Halloween. <laughs> September 1st is the first day of Halloween. Oh, nice. For this episode, I thought it would be really cool if I could mentally transport everybody across the world via one of my favorite as scary stories. What do you think about that? I'd love to hear it. Nice. All right. Get that spooky passport ready. It's already ready to be stamped. <laughs> yeah. Our first stop is Ireland, a.k.a. Guinness Land, Guinnesslandia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. This story comes straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, now I'm going to start using all these phrases that we've talked about. No, it comes straight from the person who experienced this. I heard it on the Spooked podcast. Definitely take a listen. It is really well produced. And even if you enjoy an Irish accent, just listen. I definitely recommend it. It is season one, episode seven. He has a grand Irish accent. <laughs> I feel like they would say grand. Okay, let's explore Ireland. Starting with a visual of where in Ireland this all goes down. It's in a town that's on the westernmost tip of Ireland. Here, Shane Dunphy worked with kids for many years as a social worker. Was Shane a ginger? It didn't say, but the kid was definitely a ginger. Okay, great. I'm just trying to get the mental images in my mind. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> One child in particular that he worked with was pretty noteworthy. And by noteworthy, I mean creepy. <laughs> We're going back to a not-so-distant past, 2007. I'm sure you remember that year well. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Good. <laughs> the Finnegans lived way deep in the forest, which made it rather difficult to reach. The way Shane was describing it, it felt like he almost had to use the force to get to their house since there weren't really clear road signs. After the labyrinth of turns, you would see the Finnegan's Road, where the trees are overgrown, almost in a suffocating manner. Not a great start already. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Shane met Gregory Finnegan, this is the little boy, to help him with his issue because he was constantly running away from home. Remember, they're surrounded by woods, so little Gregory would run off into the woods. Little Gregory had strawberry blonde hair, blue eyes, and he was a little bit smaller for a regular six-year-old. As expected, Gregory didn't want to talk to Shane because Shane is a complete stranger, and how can the little boy be expected to talk to him and trust a total stranger, basically? I don't like talking to strangers either, so I totally don't blame him. Right? And I'm a full-blown adult. I totally get it, Gregory. <laughs> Stranger danger. It's real. It is real. This was not new to Shane. So he played a little game of questions to simply answer yes or no by nodding or shaking their head. Shane would throw in some silly questions to get him to laugh. And he would say stuff like, is your name Gregory? And then the little kid would just nod yes. Uh, is your last name Finnegan? He would nod yes. And then he would say something like, is your best friend a donkey? And then he would kind of laugh and, you know, that type of idea. Well, eventually Gregory fesses up to sneaking out of the house to meet up with a friend of his, Thomas, who waits for him in the woods. Gregory's mom didn't tell Shane about Thomas, so Shane was a little bit blindsided. Naturally, Shane asked some questions about Thomas. Where did you guys meet? Was it in school? Was it in church? Where? Gregory continued to shake his head no. No, no, to all these things that he was throwing out. Once Shane got to the bottom of the list of feasible places they could have met, he kind of got a little bit frustrated and outright said, just tell me where you met him. And Gregory responds with a puzzling, I heard him. 
So Shane asks for clarification. Gregory guides Shane to his room. There is a window looking out to the backyard. From this window, you can see the gateway into the woods. Gregory explained he heard him calling his name. When he got up out of bed to look out the window, he saw Thomas under one of the trees at the tree line of the backyard woods. Gregory explains that Thomas lives in those woods alone. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Shane suggested perhaps it would be good for him to meet Thomas. If it's true that Thomas lives alone out there, he would be scared or at the very least, maybe even hungry. Gregory was very clear. Thomas is afraid of adults. You're not going to meet him. Shane was starting to lean towards thinking, perhaps Thomas is an imaginary friend. This does make perfect sense because the mom had to work three jobs to stay on top of the bills because the dad split, leaving Tom alone a lot of the time. It's very normal for a lonely boy to create an imaginary friend. I've got three imaginary friends, so it makes sense. Okay, that's a problem right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shane strongly suggested to Gregory's mom to get him in a soccer club or really any type of youth group to make friends. Real friends. (laughs) Flesh and blood friends, right? Then running away would likely stop. But two weeks later, he gets a call from the police because Gregory has run away again. He left the night before, and they didn't find him until the very next day. Get this, miles away from home, deep into the woods. He said he was playing hide and seek with Thomas. Uh, Okay, we definitely need to go over the rules of hide and seek. (laughs) Like you don't want to win at the game of hide and seek and lose at the game of life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Definitely true. When the police heard about another little boy out in the woods, they naturally began to look for Thomas. But of course, they found no evidence of Thomas. This tracks with the imaginary friend. However, let's pause for suspense. Let's take our break, actually. And then when we come back, you'll find out the surprising discovery that the police made. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. What's up, y'all? This is B. Cox from the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. We review classic hip-hop, R&B, and dancehall reggae albums 20, 25, and 30 years after their release dates. All true classics should be able to stand the test of time. So we put these classics from the 90s and early 2000s to the test. Each week, we break down the greatest albums in recent urban music history to reflect, review, and reminisce. Catch us every Monday morning for new episodes. Please visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com to check for more info on the show, listen, leave a review, share, and subscribe. You can also visit and interact with us at Vault Classic Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. This episode is brought to you by Our Weird World. Every week, I, John Henson, dive into weird, crazy, and forgotten stories from the history books that you have probably never heard before. I try to put some humor into it, or maybe I just come off sounding like a dick. That's really up for you to decide. But join me every Monday. Subscribe everywhere that you get your podcasts.
And we're back. How was your break? Good. I started wondering who this uh, Thomas kid was. Yes. We're going to tell you what the police found. So when the police returned Gregory back to his home, the police did find something peculiar just outside Gregory's window. Two sets of footprints. Ugh! Como? (laughs) Which is Spanish for like, what? One of the footprints were larger than the other, but still definitely a child's prints. Shane was able to see the photograph of the two sets of footprints that the police took. Shane now feels really shitty because this whole time he thought Thomas was an imaginary friend. And he's real. Next thought is scary. Could Thomas be the bait to pull Gregory into some activity with malintent? Now, everyone was left asking with the heavy question, who is Thomas? Maybe Thomas is Jesus. You know, like that Jesus painting where you could see like the two set of footsteps on the sand and one is the person that's walking and the other one is the one of Jesus. (laughs) Right. Maybe it's Jesus. I thought in the footprints, they were two adult prints, not like a baby print. Maybe it was baby Jesus. It was baby Jesus. Yeah, it could be baby Jesus. He often lures people outside their window <laughs> to play hide and seek. Sure. That sounds like a MO, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> At this point, Shane's respect for Gregory has started to grow. One time over ice cream, Gregory clearly had gained a little more trust in Shane because he began to divulge a little bit more information about Thomas. Gregory was into PlayStation games and added, Thomas doesn't have a PlayStation. He doesn't even have an Xbox. Lame. Right? Being that that's what the kids play, Shane asked, well, what does Thomas have? Gregory replied, he said he has a Specky. Shane clarified if he meant it was a ZX Spectrum. Excitedly, Gregory said, yes, exactly. That's what he has. This was really weird because this is a game console that was the cool thing to have in the 80s, I guess, over an island. That's like saying your friend growing up was jamming to 8-tracks. Like, what do you mean? We had CDs back then or something, <laughs> you know? One of my imaginary friends still listens to 8-tracks. He says it's going to be the next vinyl. <laughs> oh, your friend. <laughs> you like to keep them very, uh, very smart. <laughs> They're friends for a reason, even if they are imaginary. Yeah, they got to make you feel better for sure. Exactly. (laughs) Shane was extremely surprised when the little boy added that Thomas's favorite games were Manic Minor and School Days. The reason this shocked him, because these were a couple of the most popular games when Shane was around 13 or 14. How would this little boy know this level of detail? Shane inquired, what else does Thomas like? And he said, what's the A-team? He says that's his favorite show. Uh, what the hell? (laughs) I used to love the A-Team. I know, me too. (laughs) One of my earliest memories was dressing up as Mr. T for Halloween. You dressed up as Mr. T with all the chains? No, you did not. Well, the costume came with all the chains, but it was like those cheap ones that you would buy in Juarez, where the mask was made out of the thinnest plastic possible. (laughs) I loved it because I loved that show so much. And I wore that costume so much before Halloween that by the time... Halloween came, the costume was already like almost shredded up because it was all 
made out of plastic, literally. <laughs> it was all tattered. You're like zombie Mr. T. <laughs> That's awesome. You're like, I'm making my own costumes. That's funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh... <laughs> no, that's hilarious. That's a great, that's a great side tale. <laughs> this was yet another popular show in the 80s when Shane was a kid himself. Gregory even parroted Mr. T's famous catchphrase saying, I pity the fool, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So it was really a lot. He was absolutely puzzled. Not only was that confusing as all hell. He also asked how they were still hanging out if Gregory was no longer allowed to go outside and he had stopped running away for a while. The shocking answer was something to the effect of, I'm not going outside, but Thomas is getting in. Uh, what? All hairs, full attention, right here. <laughs> Shane pressed for, how is he getting inside? Gregory really couldn't give him an answer. All he could explain was Gregory wakes up in the middle of the night and Thomas is in his room. Now we are at peak level of dangerousness and Shane expresses the urgency for him to meet his friend Thomas. But Gregory almost protectively says, nope, not going to happen. Shane doesn't want to risk all the trustees gain with Gregory, so he really does stop pressing. One workday that didn't go so well for Shane he was already asleep, but has woken up to a phone call from Gregory's mom. She was really distressed and asked for him to come out to their house. There was something that she needed to show him. Spidey senses going off. Shane asks, what happened? Should I call the police while I'm on my way to your house? Did someone break in? Because now he's thinking Thomas is breaking in. That's what I think too. For sure. <laughs> the mom replies, the police can't help us with this. Okay, that's totally not what you want to hear. Bring a Catholic priest. We're going to need to do an exorcism. <laughs> this left Shane completely baffled. When he got there, she sat him down in the kitchen and there was an old cassette recorder on the table. She asked Shane to press play. He listened, but it was really faint. So he was trying to listen really carefully. He almost had to pick it up. He could hear two distinct voices. One, of course, was Gregory. And he could hear him saying, no, my mom gets scared when I go outside. I can't go outside. And he heard another voice. It was definitely an older child's voice. And Shane could hear that that other older child's voice was growing in frustration every time Gregory continued to say no. And it was basically saying, it's only fair. I've come into your room. Now you have to come outside and play. It's your turn. So, you know, this crazy ghost person or uh, imaginary friend is kind of hitting him with some logic. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a point, though. It's only fair. It is only fair for Gregory to go outside. Just then, though, the mom walked in and asked him if everything was okay. You can hear that on the recorder as well. She said no one was in the room with him. So... How the heck is this happening? They looked at the window. The window was open. There's a small rug that's directly underneath the window, and it was full of mud and pine needles. Shane walked around the house and thought, maybe through this drain pipe is how Thomas is getting in. Or maybe Gregory is taking this to a whole other level for his imaginary friend, and now he's giving his friend a voice, almost 
to the point of schizophrenia or multiple personalities. I do that too. I do voices for all my friends as well. Your puppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. For all my imaginary friends, they all have their own distinct voices. <laughs> <laughs> he did go on to say, though, that when this happens and there's schizophrenia or multiple personalities involved, there's like real deep trauma involved. And this just simply was not Gregory. Finally, Shane outright asks Gregory to tell him in his own words who he thought Thomas was. His little words were from the woods. Like, what? I mean, from the woods? Like, is he part of the Bigfoot family? Like, what the hell is he talking about? Shane only had talked to the family so far. So he thought he would take someone else's perspective. And he spoke to the school's principal, who happened to be his friend. School's principal's name is George. George somehow implied that perhaps the person that Gregory had met was the child of this urban legend. Now, let me tell you what the legend states. The legend goes that a father horrifically raped his daughter. She became pregnant and the dad brought the daughter to the woods to give birth in a shack of a cabin. But the rumor was that she started to go crazier and crazier as time progressed because she was alone in the woods, basically abandoned. She wandered aimlessly, and since she had nowhere to go or no one to talk to, she was really hidden from life, from the public, so no one even really knew that she was pregnant. Her little cabin actually was the next closest neighbor to the Finnegans. What? Scary. Shane managed to find some old newspaper pieces about this local legend. It only dated back to the 1980s. And at that point of time, it mentioned that there was a little boy of 10 years old. None of the news articles mentioned the little boy's name, but we do have the name of the father. Guess what was the name of that sick asshole? Thomas. Yes, sir. Ding, ding, ding. Shane is now starting to realize he has no idea what the heck is going on if now it's come to this, him researching a legend. One of the newspaper clippings even mentioned a priest that befriended the mom when she was still alive, but he didn't want to talk about it, like at all. Gregory's mom called in complete hysterics on one day, saying Gregory ran away again, but this time it felt very different. The way it happened, she was making breakfast when she saw Gregory zoom past her out the back door in the woods. This time, he wasn't alone. She said that she saw him being led by the hand of another little boy. The police were too used to her calling about her son running away. So at this point, they're not really paying her any mind, especially because he had only been gone an hour. Shane called the principal friend of his, George, and they went into the woods to help find Gregory. They were able to follow the two different tracks of footprints. This is that thing that you were talking about. <laughs> With Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They led to an old stone ruin. And by the time they found Gregory, Gregory was asleep and alone. Shane admitted he thought it was odd for him to fall asleep. But when he woke him up, Gregory and everybody started to hear these really loud cries that started to emanate really from everywhere, just all around them. Shane asked Gregory where Thomas was. 
and Gregory pointed to the woods. Shane was able to see a child in the distance. He was wearing a little anorak jacket with the hood up. Shane quickly turned to say something to Gregory, and he turned back to look at this child and, you know, to see if he was still there. And he was so much closer. Like, there was no way this little kid could have ran that distance in that short instance. Shane looks again at Gregory and looks back at Thomas. I think he was probably just incredulous. Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And now Thomas is even closer still. Shane is now able to make out details. Grass stains on his little jeans. But now the cries are getting louder and louder, nearing this decibel level that's almost painful. George, the principal friend, takes Gregory and yells at Shane and says, we need to get out of here. But the social worker and Shane did not want to leave this other little boy out in the woods alone. They're so close. He's right there. He outstretched his hand and suggested to come with them. George and Shane can help him. Thomas got some strange look on his face and he quickly disappeared into the woods. The way he described it was as if someone had put a rope around his waist and just pulled him in one strong yank and he went deep into the woods, completely disappearing. A few days later, Shane was back at the office. Father Malone also went in to see him. This is the priest that didn't want to talk with him initially about the woman that he had befriended. He had been feeling guilty for some time because this woman had been coming to him with some thoughts. Father Malone explained she had basically confessed she was having violent thoughts towards her son. She feared that she was going to kill her son. The father was untrained on this type of problem, so all he could really do was hear her out. Father Malone spoke of a day when he went to go visit and just check up on her. She didn't answer the door, so he was going to leave. But just then, he saw her walking out of the woods, covered in blood all over her hands and clothes. She had murdered her son. Oh, shit. He went to the police, but no one believed him because the boy was not born in a hospital. There was no physical record of a child. Therefore, the police simply thought, this lady's crazy, this guy's crazy. And a month later, the mom hung herself. Father Malone offered up, perhaps what they were seeing is this unsettled spirit of the little boy that was killed by his own mom. Gregory, his mom, Shane, the social worker, Father Malone, they all went into the woods to have a healing candlelight ceremony. Shane wanted to make it clear, this is not an exorcism, but simply to bless this boy's spirit. It also allowed them some space to say goodbye and wish him into the light of heaven. It is very possible that it could have been him because after the ceremony, Thomas never returned. A vessel for your thoughts. What do you think about this Irish ghost story? It's a very good story. I enjoyed it. I kind of feel like it was an exorcism, though, even though they said that it wasn't. <laughs> That's funny. Now, if it looks like shit and it smells like shit. They weren't tying anybody down. I don't know. Nobody was levitating. Or who knows? Maybe that's what he saw with the little boy. <laughs> it's possible. What I particularly liked about this one was it didn't necessarily start with the things that we normally hear like a long, 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 long time ago. Before the rain, before the snow. I'm just kidding. That's actually Red Hot Chili Peppers line. <laughs> but that's kind of the 
La Llorona, like these things that you don't know when they were, when these things happened. And it's just like, oh, the Lord tells me, you know, this was what happened. We have a date. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> the part that I found was that was kind of strange was when that girl confessed to killing her own son. I mean, there had to have been a body. So why didn't the police just go and, you know, just out of curiousness, go and take a look to see if there was a body? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the cops you normally call on go the extra mile, but that seems to be on point. Like, well. With what we come to expect from law enforcement, right? <laughs> no, no, not all of them. I don't want to say all of them. That sounds awful. But, <laughs> but it sounds like this one was like, you're crazy. Only crazy people live out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> which kind of feels true now, especially after this. <laughs> yeah, that was only part of the story that seemed kind of sus, as the kids would say. I get it. So who was that guy, Shane, again? I, I don't know if I missed it because, uh, well, I guess just to be transparent here for the listeners, I don't have internet, so we're actually recording this. We're still recording with our microphones and everything, but we're using phones like a... Uh, <laughs> Like it was like the 1990s so we could hear each other. <laughs> like we're going to watch the A-team after this. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. <laughs> so Shane was the social worker and that's how he got involved with this family because the little boy, Gregory, kept running away. Okay, got it. But then that was why he thought, oh, well, for sure this kid has an imaginary friend because the mom works three jobs and little Gregory is alone. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, who's this Shane guy that's hanging around with that little kid with Gregory? Seemed a little creepy. But no, that makes sense that he's a social worker. There were a lot of males in this. We got Thomas, we got Gregory, and then George. So I was trying to throw in like Shane, the social worker, which is a little bit of a tongue twister. I think that's how I'm going to like start to warm up for the podcast. Shane, the social <laughs> worker. Shane, the social worker. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So there was there were a lot of um, males. So I couldn't be like, oh, he said, well, which he who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was able to keep them apart. I just wasn't sure how Shane was involved in all this. Like why this creepy guy was uh, hanging creepy. out with this little kid. Right, right. No. Yeah. Well, congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again. You've learned along with us. Hopefully this was your first ghost story of the season. We hope you've been entertained by our chat and invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a cool story to share with us, or if you just want to say hello. Or if you're a ghost like Gregory. <laughs> like Thomas. Like Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny.